This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. So there are a lot of different investing strategies and techniques out there. But what if you could just find a basic strategy that was easy to do month after month, year after year? Sounds great, right? Like that would be the ideal. So what I'm going to talk about today is that kind of strategy, and it doesn't get the love that it should because it's kind of boring, I guess, is why it doesn't get it. Um, But it is a a strategy you're all familiar with, and it is dollar cost averaging. Now, what dollar cost averaging is, is that's when you devote a certain amount each month to buying the stocks. Anyone who's in a 401k through their job, probably dollar cost averages right now, and you don't really think about it. Um, because this is just how the 401k works, right? So the money comes out of your paycheck every month or twice a month, and it goes directly into the mutual funds or the ETFs. Ben Graham in The Intelligent Investor does look at dollar cost averaging, but it's really only like a page or two in the book. But he cites an older study that was done by Lucille Tomlinson, where she did tests covering 23 10-year purchase periods. The first ended in 1929, and the last one was in 1952, because remember, the book was written in early 1970s. Every test showed a profit either at the close of the 10-year period or within five years thereafter. So um, Graham liked to comment, you know, liked to talk about it because it, can work as long as you stay with it consistent, right? But when does it work the best? Obviously, if you're in something like a secular bear market, then you're really taking advantage if you're dollar cost averaging. So think about the years from 2000 to 2013 when stocks, you know, blew up after the dot com boom and when it went down three years in a row, and then we hit new highs in 2007, and then they sank dramatically in the financial crisis in 2008, 2009. But if you had been dollar cost averaging throughout that whole time period, uh, you would have been buying both at the high in 2007, but a lot more at the lower <laughs> points. And a lot of people in like 2010, 2011, there were all those articles out there about how, oh, if you had bought the stock market, the S&P 500 in 2000, by 2010, you would have had like no return. It was like flat or something or up like 1% or it wasn't that great. But that was just if you bought and held throughout that whole time period. If you had actually just been dollar cost averaging, you would have benefited a lot more because a bear market doesn't really go anywhere ultimately. So you're just adding on the shares at around, you know, consistent prices. So um, secular bear markets, dollar cost averaging can really work. And I've said in the past that the secular bear market was the best thing to ever happen to the generation Xers. Yes, their portfolios fell dramatically in the financial crisis and after the dot-com boom to some extent too, but uh, they kept buying. So it was, you know, a uh, a boom during their key uh, 30s and 40 year age bracket. And now, now that we're in a secular bull, those those buys from that decade are really soaring. So um, 
What else happens in the secular bears, though? Because, um, you know, people have looked at at what happens in that time period, too. And the book talks about this to some extent, too. So if you had put $12,000 into the S&P 500 at the beginning of September 1929, you would have had, and I don't know why they picked 12000 here, but for whatever reason, Ben Graham picked 12000 not 10000 So 12000 you would have had $7,223 10 years later in September 1939. So remember, uh, Black Friday and all that stuff happened. Stock market sank, but it did recover into 1930 before it sank again for the next like three or four years. And then there was another recession in the late 1930s that also hit the stock market hard again. So that's why the 12000 was only $7,223 10 years later. But he, given, he gives an example that if you dollar cost average and you started with just $100 and you put $100 in every month, you would have had $15,571. But you would have had to keep doing it during the Great Depression <laughs> and those multiple years of sell-off and then the 36-37 recession when it also sold off. So if you had a super strong stomach or you just put it on autopilot somehow during that really difficult decade, you would have come out with the gains. But that is what happens in secular bears because it it turns down and you end up buying more shares. Now, um, Jason Zwig in his chapter in the book also showed what happened in the dot-com bust. So starting with $3,000 and adding... $100 every month from the end of 1999 to 2002. That was the downturn in the market then. The um, S&P 500 fell 41.3% over that three-year period. So that was pretty brutal. A lot of people don't remember, but it was. But if you dollar cost average, like I just said, the $100 every month with that starting amount of 3000 then you would have been down, you still would have been down, but it would have only been 30.2%. So you would have outperformed the S&P 500 by a little over 10%, which is pretty impressive. So you still would have had pain, and nobody's saying you wouldn't have, but it is, uh, you're buying more shares, you know, at those lows. So, um, it's not quite as bad as putting it all in and then just letting it ride. But what about uh, the millennials now? Because Gen X benefited, but uh, they had the benefits of buying in these secular bears. The millennials now are putting in every month into the 401k, but the market continues to make new highs. Is this still a good technique? A lot of people have argued, and I've seen these arguments on Twitter, that no, it's bad. <laughs> it's bad to dollar cost average now because obviously you're falling behind the more the market rises. But but I still argue that I like it even in secular bull markets. And why is that? Um, because... Dollar cost averaging takes the emotions out of the equation. And emotions, according to Ben Graham, are the number one mistake most investors make. It causes us to mistime the market. You know, we get afraid or we panic and we pull out um, and then we miss the rebound. And so dollar cost averaging can force you to just keep buying when you're scared and to stay in, basically. Too. So 
Stocks have gotten volatile again right now due to the tariffs and the trade war. So how many of you are tempted to time it right now? I know many of you are because I've seen you. Oh, I'm sorry. Danny was raising his hand. I thought that he was telling me like, stop, but no. So I've seen you. He's raising his hand because um, he's answering my question. How many of you are tempted to time it? Yes, he's nodding. Okay, good. So yes, we are all tempted to time it. And I've seen this all over my Twitter feed. You know, I've seen people saying that they're pulling out and going all into gold or just into cash or whatever, but dollar cost uh, averaging doesn't allow you to do that. So um, if you are an investor and not a trader, so two different things because the traders do try to time it. But if you're an investor and you're saving for your retirement, your kid's college, uh, a down payment on a house that you might buy, you know, five or 10 years from now, something longer term, um, you know, you're going to be doing it for a while, most likely. So to be focused solely on like the volatility right now, doesn't really make sense if you're retiring 20 years from now, right? But our minds don't let us think like that normally. So we do panic and we do try to time it. But uh, if the volatility has you spooked, um, you know, sometimes people will halt their monthly investments. That is possible even if you are dollar cost averaging. I know a lot of people during the financial crisis, myself included, I was putting into my 401k and it was just basically going away every single month. Like you'd put in the amount and the market would continue to drop down. And it was like, you never even put it in there, right? Like we all remember this. And so um, at that point, many of us, myself included, I stopped putting it into the stock market. I was still taking it out of the paycheck, but I did go into cash for a couple of months. That's okay too, even though that is market timing, we shouldn't do it. But this is human nature, right? We can only take like so much pain and so much red and losses. So we've all been there, but uh, dollar cost averaging should still help you to contain your emotions. So keep that in mind. Um, and keep in mind that, you know, we are going to have pullbacks. We just had that big December market sell-off in, in 2018 in December where there was a lot of fear and panicking. But if you had just stayed with your dollar cost averaging in December, you know, it turns out you would have been okay because that it bottomed out and then rebounded. So you did buy low if you were still just buying your monthly 401k or or particular stocks in December sell-off. So um, keep, in, keep all that in mind. And I also know that a lot of you have the argument of, um, you know, I only have $100 to invest every month or the $200 a month or maybe even less. But these small amounts can add up to big numbers, as we've talked about on here, after 10 or 20 years. So don't be intimidated that you can't dollar cost average because you only have this little amount. I mean, I've dollar cost averaged with as low as like 50 bucks before, like every month. And again, it takes a little longer, but it does add up and you are buying on these dips and everything. So um, keep that in mind too. And another reason why you um, may like dollar cost averaging is because you're not going to market time, which is a little different than just like having the fear. But a lot of people you know, they always keep asking me, where will the market go from here? And so again, it's human nature to be like, oh, if it's going to go up, then I'll buy some here. If it's going to go down, maybe I won't. But 
almost nobody can get that right, right? Like whenever I get asked this question, my answer is usually always the same. <laughs> I always say that my my magic eight ball is telling me that it's unclear, <laughs> like, right? I, I shake that magic eight ball because no one knows where the market is going. I don't care who they are. You can guess. Some people are better at the guessing, but really no one knows. So, um, you know, that's why... I feel like the uh, dollar cost averaging helps you with the market timing question as well, because you don't really care what it's going to do this week, this month, or maybe even this year, if you're just putting it in in every month or every couple of weeks or every two weeks, or maybe even every week, you don't really care. But um, if you have that multi-year plan and your dollar cost averaging into it, then again, that helps you check your emotions, which we all have, and keeps you on track with the with that plan. Because uh, there's always going to be some kind of big event too. There's always going to be, you know, if it's not tariff man t- tweeting out about the tariff issue, it's going to be Brexit. Remember Brexit? That was in 2016 now. That was when the vote was taken. And yes, we had the huge sell-off on the Brexit vote. And now... Does your portfolio notice it now? No, you might not even notice it unless you're obviously over in Europe. It might be more on your mind right now. But even still, um, you know, there's always going to be these kind of events. So uh, let's turn now to what you can do to dollar cost average. So there's two ways to dollar cost average. This is how I look at it. You can do it into individual stocks where certain of the platforms used to really give you the ability to do it, like the old share builder, which rest in peace, it's no longer with us, unfortunately. Um, it's been bought out a couple times and then um, E-Trade finally bought it and then they basically shut it down. So you can't do it over there. But um, if you were a share builder person, you've discovered that E-Trade and probably the others do it like this too. They do give you the ability to take a, a bring cash into your account every month on a, on a certain day. And so you can have the cash in there. Now you have to like, you know, then trade with it, you know, buy something with it. So, but it does allow you to move the, the money every month in like a dollar cost averaging kind of way. So you can do it into individual stocks, but you can also do it into ETFs, which is basically what you do in your 401k. You're either doing ETFs or mutual funds, depending on how your plan is set up. So nothing wrong with that, with the indexes. And I've talked about those in the past, but today I want to talk about dollar cost averaging into the individual stocks because I like this technique and it allows you to buy on the sell-offs and the corrections without as much fear. And the reason we don't buy on the sell-offs is that we fear it may go even lower, right? But if you set up some kind of automatic buy or just tell yourself, hey, every you know third Tuesday or whatever, I'm just going to go buy this with the money I move into there, then you're going to buy after it dips the 10%. It may fall another 10%, but then the next month, if it's still down, you're going to buy again. And so it takes out a little bit of the... Um, you know, fear if you're getting a sell-off type of stock. Now, if it's going the other way, then um, it also, well, I mean, you're you're buying um, less as it goes up. But so this technique, I do feel helps you with the stocks that are a little more battered. 
but I've done it also in the ones that continue to rise with success as well. So keep that in mind. Uh, I feel like psychologically, it this this kind of method is easier for most investor, and you're not as paralyzed waiting for it to bottom. That's kind of a syndrome with a lot of investors like, oh, it's not low enough yet, so I'm still going to wait. But really, most people cannot time the bottom, not at least perfectly. It's nearly impossible to do. I'm sure, again, there's some traders out there who will write to me and tell me, yes, I I can do it or I can get real close. And that's fantastic for them. But for most long-term investors, you don't really need to pick the complete bottom, especially if you're dollar cost averaging every month kind of thing, um, because it's all going to kind of even out in the end. And you will still uh, be able to buy pretty low because fear peaks at that bottom, right? So if you're not dollar cost averaging, the fear is going to be really high right there at the bottom. And so you're unlikely to buy at the bottom, actually. Um, Think about December 24th, 2018, the bottom of that correction, right? I was watching it on TV and, you know, they kept, I mean, it just kept going down and down and down. So the fear was taking hit hold there thinking, oh gosh, after Christmas, it's going to go even lower. It's going to get even worse. So you are unlikely buying on that day, right? Um, But maybe you had a dollar cost averaging buy that just automatically does every, you know, 24th of the month or something. Or maybe you had it for the day after Christmas when the market reopened and nobody knew what was going to happen. Maybe you bought right then too, which was basically at the lows as well. Um, So again, dollar cost averaging takes the bottom, that searching for the bottom out of the equation as well. And um, also when an industry is in a bear and hated, and we know what those are right now, the retailers, the fertilizers, um, energy, all of that, it becomes very difficult to dollar cost average. It's the scenario I just gave about the financial crisis where you put money in and then it just kind of disappears. <laughs> it dissolves. And you're like, dang, I just bought some more shares and it's down again. And that's when most people throw in the towel. And because they think it's going to go on and on like that forever, even if the fundamentals of the company are good, even if the sell-off seems absurd, you basically can't take the pain anymore. So you just kind of stop. A dollar cost averaging plan, if you can handle that kind of pressure, will allow you to get beyond the fears and you just keep buying. So this is where uh, value investors do have to consult Ben Graham's rules, though, too. Um, You have to trust you're buying a company with sound fundamentals. And because if you're following his rules, those are the only kind of companies you want to own. You are also trying to get it cheap on a PE basis. And you might want to look at companies that pay a dividend while your dollar cost averaging as well, because if it does continue to go lower and for longer than you anticipated, you at least are getting a dividend. And those dividends are also being reinvested um, through the dollar cost averaging method, basically. So you might, if it goes lower, might be able to get you know, shares even cheaper through the dividends being reinvested as well. So let's take a look at some stocks that I've just randomly picked that have basically gone south in the last year. I picked ones I knew were down 
on their luck a bit because, again, those are kind of easier to dollar cost average than the ones that are on the rise. Although I have dollar cost averaged those. Like, for instance, recently I've been dollar cost averaging into Lululemon, the retailer, because I like it a lot. And um, it's going up. So uh, that hasn't been real helpful to me to dollar cost average into it. But I still am doing that because um, I'm trying to think longer term with my investing with that one. But some of these other ones, if they've had the reverse, if they're on the lower side, you know, and seeing the downward trend, then dollar cost averaging makes a little bit more sense. And it's a little bit easier to, again, to do psychologically because we're buying more shares on the cheap, right? So I took a look at these five stocks and almost all of them do have the dividend, which is what Ben Graham says to look out for. One of them does not, but I picked it because it's popular and it's been down pretty sharply over the last year. So it hasn't been a bad stock to dollar cost average. And so let's start with that one off the gate, off the off the get-go here. And that one is Square. Ticker is SQ. And it does have a PE of 80 right now, which is its lowest PE since it actually has earnings. So that's over the last two years, it has had a PE because it now has earnings. And um, so this is the lowest it's been, but these shares are down 23% over the last year now. And they basically have been going nowhere over that whole time period. So, um, you know, they're in this like kind of narrow range, but they're down versus a year ago by the 23%. So it's not a bad kind of chart to just dollar cost average every month or whatever your dollar cost average kind of schedule is. And so... Um, it does not pay the dividend though. So something like this, you definitely for growth stocks, it's a little bit more difficult if they don't pay the dividend to do the dollar cost averaging in your own mind, especially if they dip lower because you're not getting anything for your patients. But something like Square is one, if you look at the chart, that is favorable to the person dollar cost averaging. Okay, then let's switch on to a couple others that all do pay dividends. So if it gets worse, we get something for our patients with these. So I picked out a couple of banks, actually, because the banks have been really battered here. And a lot of them are paying pretty juicy dividends at this point. So the first bank is KeyCore, and the ticker is KEY. This is trading with a PE of just 8.8 .8 now. So a lot of these banks are dirt cheap on the PE level. I'm not sure that if those uh, earnings aren't going to come down, though, if these yields continue to decline here, it's going to get a little bit shakier for the banks um, in terms of earnings growth. They probably won't be growing earnings much, but uh, you do get this dividend to thank you for your patience during these kind of more difficult times. And this one is yielding 4.7%. So that's pretty juicy there. Over the last year, these shares are down 24% now. And um, they are up off their December lows, but they've been mostly treading water here uh, throughout 2019. And I wouldn't be surprised to see some of these start to, you know, maybe take out those December lows. Um, including the next one that I'm going to talk about, which is Comerica. That's CMA is the ticker. They are a big regional bank with uh, most of their business in like Texas and Michigan, actually. I like them because they're in Texas and that economy is still doing really well. But one year, these shares are now down 39%. 
and they're really cheap. PE is just 7.4 here, and they are now trading lower than their December 2018 bottom. So um, people are fleeing, fleeing pretty badly out of some of these regional banks. That dividend yield, 4.6%, so right up there with KeyCore to try to uh, like give you something for your pain here. But if you're dollar cost averaging on this, you are buying more as this stock sinks. Keep that in mind. That's why we like it, right? Um, okay, so those are two of the banks. There are a lot of other ones you could be looking at right here, but I only looked at these two regional um, banks for now. So, but again, I should do a whole episode, I think, on maybe the banks going forward here towards the end of the year because it's they are definitely cheap. Now let's switch to transports. Delta, I think I've mentioned them on the show in the past. DAL is the ticker. They're not down as much over the last year. They're down only 2.9%. So not as big, but they did see a big sell-off in December 2018. So if you've been dollar cost averaging, you would have gotten them a lot cheaper then. They have rebounded, but they're kind of in this like narrow trading range too, like the like the overall market, frankly. They pay a dividend yielding 2.9%. That's pretty good. Um, and so you are getting paid for your patients with with what's going on here as well. So I like that a lot um, as well. And Delta does not have any exposure to the 737 Max. I think I've mentioned that in the past. That's why I like them because they have not had to cancel any of their routes or have anything, problems with capacity or that kind of thing because they don't fly it. So keep that in mind when you're looking at the airline stocks. And then we're going to wrap up with the perennial... Um, favorite of value investors that pays a dividend at least, and that is Apple. AAPL is their ticker, and year-to-date they're down 6.7% now. They're well off those December lows, but if you had been dollar-cost averaging them, you would have gotten some shares at those really low December lows, and you would still be getting them under what you would have a year ago, obviously, since they're down 6.7. And so that's the way to do it if you're dollar cost averaging. The PE isn't quite as low on this one, and it's not as low as we've seen it in the past. It's at 17.5 right now. That's the forward PE. Um, those earnings are coming down a bit, and it has a little bit of the value trap scenario going on there. So, uh, but dollar cost averaging will, if these shares retreat further, um, you know, you're going to be buying more as they retreat and maybe that PE comes down a bit then. The dividend is yielding 1.5%. So that's the lowest out of these four dividend payers that I talk about here because Square doesn't pay anything. But um, you're still getting something for your patients with them. And that's why the street and a lot of investors like Apple on the technology side, because it's a little bit harder to find the tech companies uh, that pay that nice dividend yield. But Apple is one of them. So those are the five stocks I just kind of took a quick look at for dollar cost averaging. There's plenty of other ones, like I just mentioned, in the areas that have really taken a batter, battering here in 2019, which is retail, like the fertilizers I've said, are not looking too good. Um, the energy stocks also, but it's been real hard to be dollar cost averaging in a lot of those areas because it just continues to decline here. So, but I like the method and you should consider it if you are trying to take the emotions out of your investing and you want to just set up, 
set up something that is a little bit easier and, you know, it just does it on the designated day every month and you can kind of just let it do its own thing without the panic, I guess is the, is the way, except it is still, the panic is still out there. The fear is still, but hopefully it will mute some of it. So let's go over those stocks again. There was Square, which is SQ. We had KeyCore, which is K-E-Y. Comerica is C-M-A. Then we had, um, what was the other one? Oh, Delta. How could I forget them? D-A-L. And then we had Apple. A-A-P-L is the ticker there. So be sure to subscribe to the Value Investor Podcast because I continue to go over tips from Ben Graham, from the intelligent investor and what value investors should be looking at and trying to stay sane in this kind of volatile market here. So um, I think the book is excellent. You should all try to read it. But if you don't have time, tune into these episodes at least to get some tips because um, I've been going over all of them and it's really helped me as an investor already just to read. And I'm only in, I think, five or six chapters now, I think it is. So uh, still a ways to go and I'm hoping to get a lot more insight that'll help me make a better, be a better investor and I hope it's helping you. So be sure to subscribe. We are on Spotify under the Value Investor Podcast. We're on Apple under Value Investor Podcast. And you can also get two for one, two shows for one on SoundCloud under the Zach's Market Edge over there. But be sure to get us somewhere and I'll be back again next week with some more value stocks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.